Welcome back to Toys on Tap. I'm so stoked for this week's artist, delicious again, Peter. You get to hear all about where that name comes from, see why his toys breathe the life of hip hop and how it affected him in his toy making. If you want more of Toys on Tap, you can follow us on all our socials at Toys on Tap. If you want to jump on that Patreon, patreon.com slash toys on tap. There's some good tiers. And if you can do us a favor, like, subscribe, follow wherever you get podcasts. It's a free thing that you can do to support the show. It's absolutely amazing. Now tune in to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. play for getting up at six in the morning man hey it's worth it to get artists like yourself on the podcast sweet doing it for the love man yeah that's what it's really all about dude i uh i'm stoked to have you on uh just following your work since like 2020 um when i first jumped into like making toys and stuff and then yeah um starting the podcast in 2021 you've been on the list and it's like I've always had you on this list of how we're uh, toy artists, so it's yeah, exciting. Yeah. That's an honor, man. And uh, you know, big up to yourself for doing what you do. You know, putting the extra love into the scene. Um, like like many of the guys you've interviewed, I, you know, painting painting a huge batch where you're going insane for the twentieth piece, and it's like, I'll, I'll pop it on. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm stoked. I'm I'm stoked that you're on. I'm excited. Your um your work is impeccable. Um, can you do me a favor and introduce yourself to all those listening? Ooh, I so, say yeah. I'm delicious again, Peter, or as my mum calls me, Peter. Uh, I'm a toy uh, maker. I would say a bootlegger. Bootlegger started off uh, bootlegging, but. Uh, I call myself a toy maker now. Yeah, based in the UK. Started, I guess, not that long ago, four, three, four years, possibly. Uh, definitely only been on Instagram within, you know, the three-year gap, maybe, four. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty it. I'm a collaborator. I, I rely wholly on a lot working with people as opposed to producing stuff solely by myself. Yeah, man. God, thank you for collaborating and making your goodness in the world. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Um, so I got to start, obviously, with the name Delicious Again, Peter. Where's that coming from? Yeah, so that is a reference from uh, the Beastie Boys. Um, so their album, Check Your Head, there's a track on there called Blue Nun, which is a reference to a cheap wine. I didn't actually drink. But it's the reference to a cheap bottle of wine. And there's this sample at the beginning. I don't know if you're familiar with it. And then they're all sat around this townhouse and then someone compliments him on the wine. And then there's a ching and it just goes delicious again, Peter. And it was just kind of, I had some friends that used to say it. And I was like, yeah, that, that'd be, it's, it's quite odd. And like yourself, everyone always asks, what's the crack with the name? And it's kind of, that was the intention. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, well, I'm going to put that song in your episode because you explained it. So, Our evening began in Peter Seychelles' comfortable study in his New York townhouse, where the candlelight was just right, the hi-fi was in the background, and the wine was delicious. I'll say it's the wine. Mmm, it does go well with the chicken. Delicious again, Peter. Superb, yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, big, yeah I'm, I'm a big Beastie Boys fan, and, and and through Beastie Boys, I it got me into hip-hop, really. Sort of the mid-90s. I'm probably... Well, uh, probably a lot older than you. And let's not go into details. We don't need <laughs> to know that. But, um, yeah, sort of mid-90s hip-hop, uh, yeah, was a big thing for me as well, so... Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you see hip hop through uh, so many of your toys, if not almost all of them. And it like breathes Mm. life into the work, which is intense. Um, But before we get to there, we got to dive into your age a little bit, right? Like you got to tell me what it was like growing up with toys, what age you grew up in, how many toys you had, all that. Well, I... Yeah, I'm 45, so 1977, which, as we know, is a special year. And that film came out, that particular yeah. film, that year, 1977. Obviously, I was one years old, so I don't remember it. But, um, yeah, so growing up, like most kids, it was it was Star Wars for me. That was my thing. Uh, I Yeah, fondest memories, classic, open up Millennium Falcon, all the classic toys. Um, always been into action figures uh i think after star wars it would have been i guess what you guys called gi joe we called action force okay uh yeah well i think it was then rebranded later we we they did change it to gi joe the action force i i don't know it was weird it was branded different yeah um uh, yeah ever since then basically yeah I've always been a fan of toys and then I kind of as I got older I kind of left it a bit and then during the 90s you had what Todd McFarlane uh, toys come out the whole yeah, spawn yeah. thing you know mm-hmm. and I hadn't really looked at toys from that period of G.I. Joe to McFarlane so then suddenly seeing McFarlane toys, I was like oh shit toys have really upped their game yeah. I did, th- this isn't marketed for a little kid. This is what well, a teenager, if you will, yeah. And there were inks and highlights on on a toy. And I was like, this is screen accurate or comic accurate, as yeah. well, I suppose. You know, and that blew me away. So that drew, drew me back in. Uh, and then from that sort of later 90s, the noughties, the whole... I'll say that I annoy people and do inverted air commas. Art toys. <laughs> yeah. You know, started kicking off and that caught my attention. And art toys to me seemed to run hand in hand with the street culture. I, I, yeah, there was a lot of graffiti artists doing these big vinyl toys, you know, heavily Japanese influenced stuff. And I think that brought me back around to the hip hop and toys. Uh, and then 
yeah, so like many people, it was just post-COVID, I got some uh, super sculpty, and I just started making figures, just sculpting freehand. And um, they were sort of larger, 12-inch figures. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine says, oh, you should make them smaller. And then you could you could cast them, you know, and sell them. And, and that's pretty much it, where I got to. Yeah. So I just wrapped up 45 years in two minutes. <laughs> well, I so <laughs> you, you grow up in, like, the age of, like, that we dream of, right? I grew up, I was born in 90, so I didn't get... okay. G.I. Joe, I didn't get Star Wars. I got the worst side of Star Wars. The like... Of course, yeah. Pa- yeah, Power Beat of the Force. Stars. Yeah. And so, as I like... Uh, you, you talk about those. Um, when you drop off toys and you like pick up... So, do you get rid of all yours as a kid? I did, unfortunately. Yeah. But luckily, I was... I wouldn't say ahead of the curve, but during the early 90s... I had a bit of a nostalgia. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to get everything back. Yeah. And luckily, I started getting it back before the prices went stupid. I, I think when the first, what I call the new movies, <laughs> um, what Phantom Menace came out, that's yeah. when the vintage stuff really started shooting up and with the presence of eBay and so forth. So, yeah, I, I didn't have anything left as a kid, but I, I did recollect a lot of the majority of it early 90s just yeah. before it went crazy yeah and so i'm assuming you're a toy collector now still you still got all those toys yeah yeah i've i've not got crazy amounts and i'll be honest with you, i don't buy crazy amounts uh mostly down to space i've got a little studio yeah. in, and it's like you know it, it's space but yeah summer has to really be special to catch my eye and uh for me to then buy it again but yeah i do have i don't i haven't completed all the vintage star wars figures i don't have them all i don't have all the uh the vehicles but um the figures that are close to me like the first 12 and stuff uh, are the ones i have yeah and um a lot of the action force and then as you said you're a 90s kid so during that time that was i didn't fall off i was aware of i suppose you had like ninja turtles yeah that was yeah yeah and I remember being aware of them, obviously aware of them, and thought they were amazing. But because I was at that probably self-conscious teenage age, I was like, I can't buy these. I've got to be this cool 18-year-old. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. The concept of grown men saying, I'm going to buy that toy, fully fully blown. So I kind of watched watched it all go by. I used to read the uh, – I, I read those comics – during the 90s so i was excited when the whole ninja turtles thing came out even though they made it a little more kid friendly i guess hadn't they yeah it's crazy to think like because we all go through that phase where like oh i'm i'm an older teen i can't buy that stuff i don't want to be a part Mm. of that and it usually Mm. for me at least it revolved around women like once i saw yeah yeah, i was like oh i can't buy toy i have to spend all my money on something totally well i like i just um it was this weird thing where it was like, then all of a sudden I turned 30 and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going back to toys. I think this is just what's happening. So, totally. It gets to a point though, when you're like you said, 30, it's like, it doesn't matter. You, not, I think mostly you don't care. You, when you get to the age of 30, 
I don't know about you. I, I don't care what people think about me, you know? Right. And, and I think you become confident. And you just think, yeah, that's what I truly love. I'm going to do it. But, you know, I've got wife and kids now. So it's like, yeah, I go and buy a toy. I'm, I'm more into toys than my kids are. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, was, I was forcing action figures on them. And, and they, they'd rather play, was it Minecraft or, or, or uh, Fortnite, you know? They're, yeah. they're not into action figures. Yeah, you know, I work with teenagers now, and there is a, uh, there's this weird, I don't even know what to call it. Like, we all know that it has to do with phones and games and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but most of them never had any kind of toy. They've yeah, just always yeah. been alive yeah. during like game systems. And so it's very weird to tell them, like, oh, my game system only had like four buttons when I was a little kid. Mm hmm yeah yeah blows their mind i know yes that's a sad thing and i do wonder once our generation is dead and gone where where is there going to be appreciation for action figures i don't know yeah yeah i, mean, I, I guess that's is it a lost thing once i don't know i mean you've got i i see like the whole marvel movie mm -hmm. as I compare it to the Star Wars thing. No, it's that big a deal, isn't it? Yeah. Like my kids grew up on all the Marvel movies. But the Marvel merchandise, I wouldn't say is even close to what the Star Wars toy merchandise was. Maybe I'm naive, I don't know. But I, I, don't, I don't see in shops stacks and stacks of Marvel action figures. Do you know what I mean? Right. When the movies come out, like, they don't produce as much it seems like is what I remember. And what's yes. crazy is they focus heavily on things like the Marvel Legends line or toys yes. like that. But then there's this um I'm I'm assuming you've seen the Marvel uh retro three seven five. I have, yeah, I've got a couple of those actually. Yeah. And cool. so but like that is that's gotta be completely one hundred percent just for people our age. Of course it is. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's like uh, the Super Seven thing, isn't it? It's it's yeah. it's what do they call it? Gener I don't know if I'm the same generation as you or nineties, but are you Generation Z? Is that right? Uh, I, I'm a millennial, sadly. Ah, uh, okay. So what's what's where does that start? I think millennial starts at like eighty four. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're above me by so a. I must... Right. Okay. All right. But yeah. I think you're right. It's definitely pitched at a certain age, a uh, yeah, a type yeah. of guy for sure. And, and and that falls back to my previous statement. I wonder if that will continue to last. I don't know. Yeah, because there's this, you know, I just read a couple articles. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like a third of all toy sales were people between the ages of 25 and 45. It's, is that right? Yeah, and it's Third. like we're just buying. I'm, I'm saying that like I'm surprised. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and it's like um, we have yeah. this resurgence of like Toys R Us is coming back to the U.S. and and things like is that. It? Yeah, and they they have a couple open now, but it, it's so crazy to think like how are you going to survive? Like we, I can't, we can't buy so much to keep Toys R Us alive anymore. And there's no generations coming behind. It seems like, it, it, and I, I think it's, but it's also cash. I, I don't know what the situation is 
in America at the minute, but in the UK, young people don't have money. They cannot afford to buy houses. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. And I think we were possibly some of the last people, as I say, I don't know what the situation is like in America, but young people just don't have enough money to, to live, let alone spend on toys. Right. I think what's crazy is we are in this weird – I come from a small town in California, mm-hmm. and right. um, it's, like, super cheap to live there. But now I live in San okay. Diego, and so it's, like, right. yeah. super expensive to live here and all those things. And so even the dynamic change between different cities in San Di- or in California, like – Really? Yeah, right. it's such a crazy difference between if I lived in Fresno, how much more space I'd have, how much more toys I could afford. Okay. I I, I, I forget how big California is. Bear in mind, I live in England. <laughs> so I think California alone is, is probably as big as England. Is it not big? I, I don't know. It's massive. Yeah. I, yeah. And so as we like – yeah, all that to say, like I hope it continues, but who knows – what's going to happen. Um, but as you, um, get back into toys around the nineties or you start uh, seeing this hip hop scene, hip hop has like, like bled itself into your toy work. Tell me like, what's hip hip hop having so much of an impact on your life? Like, tell me about that. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've had different theories about it. It's, Bear in mind, I, I was in the UK, so I, I was this kind of white, middle-class British kid yeah. who was massively just taken away by this, you know, American black music scene. I was just like, this, this is incredible. It's, and, and I wonder if it was partly because I was so disconnected from it, it was almost, I know it sounds stupid, but magical. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. I, I, I was like, I so couldn't relate to it. That was almost that was appealing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought about it as an adult, but and it was just good. But yeah, we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Tap to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures, Dov Two, we have an engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation! Hooray! We're saved in DLV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. Um, and, and it's kind of like the toys. Maybe it's some kind of weird escapism. I, d- I don't know. Um, but the two cultures to me seem to just go hand in hand. I'd often compared hip-hop to punk because Mm. it's this it comes from people that you know a struggle essentially that that, that's where it not so much now but that that's that's what it came from and and i always compared it to like punk it was this underground raw scene and and like the bootleg scene that is punk it is punk it's it's people just doing their own thing without any you know, and to me, they just seem hand in hand. It's like um, I've noticed, like the, the 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 trainer culture. You know, like sneakerheads is very tied in with art toys. I don't know if you've ever. Yeah. To me, that that yeah, 
it's massively influenced. Um, and it, yeah, for some reason, the genres cross over, whether it's graffiti. And, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's always a massive part of the toys that is the hip hop culture for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't understand how some of these scenes overlap like the sneakerheads and mm. the art toys. There's a couple shops mm-hmm. I've gone to in um, San Jose, Oakland area in California. Yep. And the shop is split between half sneakers, half toys. Yeah. And it's such a weird yeah. dynamic because it's like, uh, I only want half of that. But even those types of toys, those are like the statues, like the figures, like that type of stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's very split, like like music scenes. You've got this, you know, got the bootleg toys at one end, and then you've got these what I call designer super art toys, which I've never really been into, but, you know, absurd amounts of money, very limited, branded, whether it's supreme across its chest and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. It's a bit like, whoa, that's, that's not me, but but it's also part of the scene. It's It's, yeah, it's... It's a funny old thing. But yeah, you know, as I say, you've got down below, you've got the bootleg scene, which to me is just punk. And then you've got that end up there, which is almost like polished pop hip hop or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah. As you started buying back your toys and buying back old collections and stuff in the early, late 90s, um, mm-hmm. the, I mean, eBay is popping off at that point. And so are you, as you're buying these, are you seeing different toys that like didn't exist in the UK Absol- or didn't exist? Yeah, absolutely. Because as you said, you know, so I was a teenager in the 90s. Embarrassingly to say, like the internet suddenly just popped up. And um, I have friends that collect comics. And they said in the 90s, or, or when eBay really got hold, comics just went, boom, they spiraled up. Mm-hmm. Because everyone, the, the world was the market, and you think it would do the opposite. And it was the same with toys. Um, people caught on with like, you know, there was, was a tiny period where you could buy vintage Star Wars for nothing. And then, like you say, when eBay came around and the concept of collecting was recognised, like it's a thing, they just spiralled up. And um, but as you said, yeah. So so I came across loads of toys that that I missed out on particularly the G.I. Joe stuff, you know. Um, and, uh, and the Holy Grail was always the, um, what's the huge flight ship from G.I. Joe? It's like the... Oh, the air aircraft carrier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we didn't get that in the UK. That was never released here. Oh, okay. Um, I remember kids used to rumor, it was like a rumor, it like existed. You'd be like, shut up. It's like the size of a table. It's like, no, no, I've seen pictures of it. And I remember the first time I was online, I was like, Oh my god! And there was a picture of this kid. I seen about eight. He's got his GI Joe thing. It was the size of a dining table. Yep. It was insane. Uh, yeah. Whenever I get uh, GI Joe collectors on the podcast, I always yeah. ask that question because it's like that toy was stupid, right? Like it was yeah. like eight feet long. Like it just is yeah. not a great. It wasn't a great thing to produce, but it it got produced, and very few people had it, and very few people own it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I funny enough, I looked going not too long ago, and I like it was like going for two and a half grand. Yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. 
yeah, I have a couple limits uh, of what I'll spend, right? Like, I'm not a huge collector, but um, two and a half grand is not, it's not in my limit. No, 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 no. I I can't afford a lot of the toys I sell, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's weird. It's, yeah, it's a certain kind of person. Like I said, I was telling toys over COVID, and I was like, well, that's game over. No one's going to be, no one's working. No one's going to be buying toys. But in fact, it went up. Yeah. It's crazy. As you, like, were talking about, I mean, we haven't even left the late 90s for you yet. But, like, as we're, you're oh, talking, sure. to, <laughs> yeah. talking about hip-hop and stuff, walk me through being this white kid in, in the UK that is just falling in love with uh, different groups. And then, like, which groups are, like, most influential for you? So, yeah, I, I most kids, were, you know, a lot of the kids were just, we, we were into metal, <laughs> Guns N' Roses, Metallica, and then that's how I got into the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a bit different. And, and through the Beastie Boys is how I got into hip-hop. So from them, that, you know, albums like the, the Midnight Marauders, Tribe Called Quest, um... And then the Nas album, Illmatic, which I, I did a Obi-Wan Kenobi mashup. Yeah. Dove, actually, DK toys. Yeah. And then, what was it? The Wu-Tang album came out, what was that, 1994 mm-hmm. or earlier? That was just like, oh, Jesus, this is just, yeah, somewhere else. Um, and then from that, I was hooked. Uh, yeah, I was working in record shops. Just, I worked in a record shop for quite a while in in work the hip-hop section there um and now it's just in ingrained yeah love it still yeah. do it's it's the it's the golden era, the 90s they call it the golden era don't they golden era of hip-hop you know like golden yeah. age of comics to me it's it's it the 90s was the golden era for hip-hop and i'd say the 80s was the golden era for toys you might disagree again in the 90s kid i don't know but that that's how i see i think yeah, no, you're right on the 80s. I had a bunch of weird toys growing up. I didn't get all the 80s ones. Um, as we approach, we skip over a bunch and we approach like you deciding to make toys. You at yeah. some point you like your friend tells you like, hey, you should mold and cast. What even gets you to the Sorry. point to make a toy? So. I mean, I've, I've listened to most of your shows and I know every person has almost said the same thing. Yeah. You go onto YouTube, you come across, or you go onto line and you find killer bootlegs uh, or you find subclaws. Yeah. You know? And um, I personally, I was, I, I relate myself more or was more excited by um, killer bootleg stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not to draw sides. God, I'd never do that on this podcast. That would be, that would be lethal. Pick your favourite. Um, but yeah, he, Killer Bootlegs in particular. And then he'd just done the um, star, you know, the, the Starkiller uh, character. What's yeah. It called? Phantom Starkiller. Yeah. 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 Um, so I thought that, I just couldn't quite get my head around it. I was like, it was so familiar. Yeah. It's like, well, that that is it. That is 80s right there in that figure. I know it was so familiar, yet I'd never seen it before. I was like, shit, that's pretty cool. And then that's why I started doing the YouTube videos. 
Um, actually, to be fair, there weren't loads, even even sort of four years ago on how to cast. Mm-hmm. You know, and I um, was following uh, Dollar Slice Bootlegs, mm-hmm. and I just pestered him. He, to be fair to him, he was very polite. I would have told me to bugger off by this. Yeah. Point, but, uh, how did you do that? And then he'd say, do this, do this. Okay. I'd go away and do it. It didn't work. It didn't work. Why is it doing this? He's like, do this, do this. Yeah, and he's just message. And I was sending him pictures like, okay, now I'm getting bubbles. He's like, use a syringe. I'm like, okay, I'm using a syringe, but now I'm still getting bubbles. He's like, you're using a pressure pot? And I'm like, a pressure what? He's like, a pressure pot. I was like, oh, right. And I research, you know, it's just trial and error. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I, I do have to thank him for... For, for teaching me how to uh, uh, cast. And, and, and he does it a particularly different way than a lot of people. For example, I know Killer Bootlegs will use a degassing chamber mm-hmm. to remove the bubbles yep. and then pour in then a pressure pot. But Bootleg will just use a pressure pot. Yeah. So he uses a pressure pot at like a high 40 or whatever to condense all the bubbles in the original mold. So you're almost skipping degassing part does that make sense yeah yeah so i i learned that way and once you find the sweet spot yeah it's it's perfect i've I've never degassed at all making molds yeah when you first started um walk me through some of those first toys that you're making does it like open up and immediately you're like oh i gotta make star wars or are you just trying to design other things Nope, like every single bootleg toy maker, you know what figure we start with. Boba Fett. Of course. It's a yeah. given. It's 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 people hate on it now. It's like, no, 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 you don't hate. This is a what do they call it? A rite of passage or something? Yeah. Or, you know? Yeah, it was it was Boba Fett. But to be fair to myself, I completely sculpted it. I didn't bootleg him. Mm-hmm. I, I did, I came up with the first proper figure I did, I came up with a, he was called a, a convention nerd. So the <laughs> idea was just a guy going to a toy convention and all he had was this crass Boba Fett helmet on. I think I gave him a Dungeons and Dragons t-shirt and just a pair of shoes. And uh, so that was made by Sculpey and that was the first, my first proper release. And I used, uh, is it the Gump Mold? technique where you literally use just one yeah yeah but this is quite a cool story so i go into it i know people say yeah yeah but um i I do it so i made this figure and i cast a few and i showed my friend who owns a local comic shop where i live in the west country automatic comics and um he was he still is quite a big player within the star wars scene um Mm. For the, with the fans, he does a lot of online stuff. And he was like, oh, this figure's really cool. And I said, yeah, I'm going to get some artwork done. So I found a guy online that did some artwork, did an illustration of him, and printed the card. I went back down the comic shop. I was like, Matt, check this out. He was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, by the way, I'm going to play Monopoly with Boba Fett tonight. I was like, what? He goes, Jeremy Bullock. Yeah, I'm going over his house. And Jeremy Bullock was the original actor. Yeah. You probably know this played Boba Fett, I was like, come again? He's like, yeah, do you want me to take the cards and he can sign them all? Oh. So bear in mind, this is the first, first ever figure. Oh, I print 20 cards. I give them to my mate, Matt. 
he goes off to London for the weekend, comes back, every single one signed by Jamie Brooks, pictures of him holding them, right? I'm like, this is fucking insane. Yeah. He's like, yeah, all, all Jeremy's asked for is that you, um, if you could put a percentage towards the children's hospital in London, Great Ormond Street. Mm-hmm. I was like, what a dude. That's incredible. So off the back of that, I think that really leapfrogged me, pushed me. So I immediately Instagram it. I've got like four followers. And then I get a message from a guy called Dove, DK Toys. Never heard of the guy before. He's like, dude, I want one of these. Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live, it's Toys Alive! Toys Alive! Toys Alive! Toys Alive! There's way cool artist unboxing. No Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for 30 bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Ooh, Current upcoming shows and drops. Giveaways. Short chats with artists. <laughs> news from the hood. 100% indie all the time. That's, That's Toys Live. Toys Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Give me your address. And so I thought, oh, I'll check this guy out. I go onto his Instagram, and I'm like, holy shit. Sorry, can I swear on this? Yeah, swear away. Damn, good times. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that was it. After seeing that, then I just followed everyone that he had on his Instagram account, essentially. Um, but yeah, that is the story of my first figure. Somehow managed to get Jamie Brillett, Akka, the original Boba Fett, to sign every card it was nuts yeah that is intense yeah. and just for a donation like that is crazy yeah yeah one of the crazy things about dove too is when we first encounter him and first see dke we see like how mm-hmm. big this scene really is yeah he, yeah well i the respect he gets especially listening to your podcast everyone gives him a nod yeah, and it's it like all because of just how much he can do for everyone and how much he loves this scene and what he's been in this scene. So um, after making your first toy, at what point do you start trying to work with Dove to get things going in his conventions? Well, yeah, so I see um, he starts doing these shows, I guess like decon and stuff again yeah. which i'd never really heard of and i was like wow he i was trying to get my head around. i was like oh he's selling these figures so i emailed him quite cheekily at brazen and said can i make a toy and can you sell it and he was like well yeah it's kind of how it works i guess and he <laughs> said yes i was like oh I, would, I had no idea what i was gonna do yeah and so i thought oh shit i need to release a figure so i ended up believe it or not doing a Boba Fett bootleg. Nice. It was a sort of a mashup of um, Blade Runner and Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I made like 20 figures, yeah. So um, I think most of them sold, I think. Yeah, it was crazy. But um, that was quite a learning curve because obviously then you had a deadline mm-hmm. and everything had to look professional and crisp. You had to paint them all up and send them off to America. But yeah, that was the first one I did with Dove was the um yeah that i've still got that figure is it called uh, fat runner it is called fat running yes that's it yeah 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 um, and also what was cool sorry that's ahead. the the first time i saw you i think the first time i saw oh, that really? figure yeah 
Ah, wicked. Yeah, a friend of mine um, did one of those virtual, not virtual reality. What do they call that? Um, so it had a code that you scan. And oh, then yeah. And would pop out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, again, I, I got lucky. Uh, someone helped me out and in, in, in made this, made it a little bit different, you know? And mm. so, I, yeah, that definitely helped. That's awesome. Like some kind of AI looking thing. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't think it's what they call some algorithmic reality or something. Yeah. I'm not sure what the term's called. Yeah, it's crazy. So as you are creating with Dove and doing these things, um, you start to gain popularity, I'm assuming, because you are creating these like crisp figures and then also sending off away. So you're selling your own and selling with Dove. What's yeah. this feeling like in the beginning as you start rising in popularity? It was exciting. I'm not going to lie. It's, it was, it, yeah, it, it's cool. Um, it, I was hooked straight away. It was like, this This is what I want to do. Um, so by trade, I'm a stonemason. I still am a stonemason, but um, toys are 50-50 now. So I often work toys three days mm-hmm. and do the toys two days. But at that point, you know, back then the first show with Doug, my goal was to, oh, maybe one day I could take a day off a month to do toys or, or a day off a week would be, would be on my dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of got there now. And I, I kept thinking, I talked to friends and tell them what I was doing and they were excited for me. But I think a lot of people... To make a full-time living out of this, there's not many that do it full-time. And, and, and as time goes on, that, that's my goal, really, is to make it full-time. So, so yeah, it was exciting to, to even take a day off a week or a month back then to, to commit to toys, yeah. Yeah, and it's I, – I think people don't understand how small it really is, the amount of people that do this full-time. I yeah. offhand only know of maybe three. Really? Yeah. Because it's like even Suck Lord, though he creates toys and does stuff, he has other sources of income. So his isn't even full time. Yeah. 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 Exactly. The, the people say, oh, you got to do toys full time. I don't think I can ever jump off the masonry because, you know, you've got a mortgage family. It's It's a risky business. But um, what I have found of later date is is commissions. Yeah. So I started doing um, leaping ahead again, but um, commissions for bands and mm-hmm. artists, and that's a really good source of income. So that that helps a lot. Yeah. Granted, it's not necessarily your complete concept, but um, that's the way to go. I think, yeah, to, yeah. to make a living, definitely. I do like doing the commissions. I do a couple for uh, – I'm doing one right now. This – I don't know mm-hmm. what he does. He It's some random company, but he wants to hand figures of himself out to his people. And so he – No way. Yeah, so it's like super fun, and it's cool. But I've done something very similar, yeah. Yeah, it's just way – I wish people understood like that's way more lucrative for me to do. Though it takes out some of the like the joy because I'm doing stuff that may not be my own design, it's way yes. more lucrative and it pays bills. Totally, totally. 
in, even if it's commission work, without sounding snobby, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it if it's something I was completely disinterested in. If, if for example, I don't know, an accountant came up, no disrespect to accountants, but I'm just thinking of a job, and said, I'd like an action figure of myself, please. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah. Ah. So, I, I, yeah, I, even the commissions, I make sure that I'm into it. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, I am. It's it's usually with an artist hell more talented than I am. And it's, yeah, it's, it's good. Which is awesome. So, um, as you continue to create toys and you do these, you stay in the hip-hop realm. And then also you have glimpses mm -hmm. of other things, which are great. Like the Mike Myers McDonald's like mashup. Yes. Yeah. Which is yeah. beautiful. So I need to, yeah, I need to give credit to uh so as uh well he's not actually a toy maker, but he's done a lot of artwork for toy makers in the UK. Paul Draper. Mm -hmm. Um he sent me an illustration of that and I was just like, That's ace. That's yeah. ace and, and and yeah, we we made the toy. And yeah, that was a fun one to do. Really good. In fact, we've done a couple in that series. We call it the Killer Ca Calories series. We've just done, um, is it Hamburglar? You know, the yep. character. Yeah, so we've done him. Uh, Paul drew him as Freddy Krueger. Nice. Yes, he's, yeah, he's, he's got like, a, obviously, the hat already and the cape, and then he's got these huge claws. So that's good fun. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. That, that was kind of, I haven't really done much. I wouldn't call that political satire, but, mm. you know, it's clearly having a little dig poking the fun of the big corporate McDonald's. Um, yeah, that, that's something I want to delve into more, definitely. Yeah. As you have done this and you're, you've had to paint all these figures, like mm. painting is – it's the bane of my existence when you have to paint so many of them. But you've gotten to the point where your lines are crisp, your paint jobs are nice. How'd you get to that point? Just over and over again? Yes, I. it is. Yeah, it is time. But I grew up, I think I mentioned earlier, Warhammer, uh, mm. Games Workshop. Um, I don't know how big that is in America. Obviously, you have it, don't you? But it's, I don't know. Is it huge over there as it is um, here? I don't know about huge because I'm not – in the scene, although I do go right. to uh, a Warhammer shop to get all the yep. Citadel paint. Yes. Yeah, I mean, their paints are without question. Yeah, the best paints I've ever they're, used. They're the best. Yeah. Yeah, hands down. Um, so I grew up painting uh, 28mm miniatures. So I was already quite competent with painting. I knew basics. I knew about shading, highlighting, dry brushing. What really clicked is when I jumped from that scale and applied those techniques to a 10-centimeter fill, 3.75, as you guys call them, yeah, action figure. And I had to tweak some of the techniques, though, because things like dry, you're familiar with dry brushing, mm -hmm. the highlights and ink washes. Once you learn those techniques and you apply them to those figures, it, it just opens up the doors and, and you can achieve really good effects quickly. So, for example, the, you referenced the McDonald's figure. Yeah. Um, yellow is an absolute shit, as you probably know, to paint because the pigment's so weak. Uh, and there's little things like, so, well, I guess sound like I'm sponsored by Citadel. I'm not. Probably, <laughs> <right>. um, <laughs> they do their uh, contrast paints. Are you familiar yeah. with those? Yeah. So, 
you know, I could do that McDonald's yellow. I'd spray it white or grey. Now I'd literally just slap this on. It bang, got that crisp yellow. So instead of having to go, usually be three or four coats to build up that yellow colour, it's just things like that in and and dry brushing. A lot of toy makers, bootleggers. Uh, sometimes sounds disrespectful. I don't I don't mean it this way, but sometimes the artwork's so good, and sometimes the painting lets the toy down. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And you look at someone like, is it he made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, for example, he could put his figure in a bin and it would look crisp. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? It doesn't need anything. So I, I wanted to get my figures up to point. The painting has got to be as good as the artwork. Because like I said, I, I don't do the artwork myself. I collaborate with everyone. And I collaborate with a lot of talented people. So if my toy isn't up to the standard of theirs, I think it's going to show. So getting your game down with the paints is, is, yeah, it's very important to me. And as I said, learning the war hammer and, and learning how to use those paints properly is a game changer. Uh, dry brushing, so easy to do. It makes such an amazing difference. If, if You know, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. And once you know that te- te- technique, when you sculpt your figures or make them, you need to be aware of how you're going to paint them. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is the, the McDonald's character, he's got the crazy wig, hasn't he? Yeah. So, for example, when you do that, if you make the grooves in his hair extra deep, for example, you know that when you dry brush it, those crevices that you've purposely made extra deep are going to pop out a lot more. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just being aware of the figure uh, um, when you make it. Think about how you're going to paint it as well. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, and over-exaggerate things is what I try to do on the toys. Um, and for example, say you've got a logo on a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Have that logo... Um, sticking out like like an extra mill for the reason being is you, you could dry brush that logo and it would pop out mm-hmm. whereas if it's just flush or you've got a freehand paint it it's it's going to take you ages you know yeah so yeah it warhammer was a was a big thing for me it helped me apply it to these toys same techniques same methods i learned as a kid yeah you know there at that warhammer shop i go to I've walked in a couple times and there people are just painting. They got their like special spectacles on and they got these miniatures yeah, yeah, going yeah. to town yeah. and they're coming out yeah. so clean and so dope. And um, I've tried to convince them to run like painting workshops and it's just yeah. intense. Yeah. They, they do that here in the UK. You can just go in uh, and sort of book. Yeah. And they'll come and show you some simple methods. And that's the thing. It, the methods are so simple. Yeah. It's just knowing how to do it and it, it changes the game. Yeah. It's it's crazy. As you look over <laughs> your career in toy making and you look over all the things you've made, all the things you're currently working on and what's to come, what are the, the feelings? What are like what are the things that you're starting to think about over that whole career? 
What is this, Master? Deep in the darkest corners of our earth, digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant. The evolving group of worldwide toy makers has been collaborating digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> yes, making a mutant. Learn more on Instagram. <laughs> Join making a mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab. I feel I think I've got a style now. Mm -hmm. I, I like I think my painting style's down. So I like to think. If people saw my toy, they'd be like, oh, that's a delicious Gen Peter toy before, you know, before they knew it was mine. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I, I want to do, keep the painting consistent. Not necessarily the style of the toy or anything like that, but just keep my painting consistent. So people say, oh, yeah, that's that's one of his figures. Mm -hmm. um, in regards to looking back, yeah, I I, I've, I I look back at the first figures. Like anyone, they, they some of the paintworks can look a bit crass or not so good then, but with anything the more you do it uh the better it gets yeah. yeah but yeah definitely just just be recognized you know like you could you could look at a um a sucklord figure mm -hmm. you know it was his straight away in the same with killer bootlegs you look at it and think oh yeah that's his it would be cool to get to that point um i mean he made i mean he's he's got his style down hasn't he it's yeah it's like you know he, he he's got his style and he's sticking to it. That's beautiful. That, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. Yeah. Uh, Being in the UK, um, there's not – there's a good amount of toy makers over there. But do you find yeah. yourself, like, feeling like you're one of the only ones even though there's a couple – like, do you have any interactions with the ones over in the UK? Uh, to be honest, yeah, no. It's it, I don't feel lonely. Uh, okay. The, the pluses of having a smaller community is you're actually really tight and there's so much love. There's never, I, I've heard on your podcast before in the early days, people used to be a bit negative or like, shit, you stole my idea. And like, there's never been any, I've never experienced that. It's just love, love and support. And you know, there's shows over here. Uh, you have like Toy Art UK, mm -hmm. Leeds, they, you know, you go to the show and some of these guys I'd never met in person the first time I did it, but I, I regard them as friends. Mm -hmm. I built relationships up solely through Instagram. But do you know what I mean? You chat yeah. that, that much. Um, so no, I, I, I don't think it feels, yeah, I don't feel alone in the UK. And I think for such a tiny place, we've got a good scene and a lot of love in the US, you know, Dove represents us. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I look at your decon in, where was it? Um, San Diego. Yeah, Anaheim. That's it. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, that that's somewhere else because our yeah. decon was quite a bit smaller. Um, yeah, I, I, I did. Or like, even if it's like New York Comic Con, I just think, wow, that's that's somewhere else. Typically, you guys do things well, very big. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I I am envious when I see all the photos of you guys just dropping by to Dove's booth, you know? Yeah, but it I, is. But having said that, I, 
I fingers crossed I'm going to do it this year. Uh, is it Long Beach, California? I think this or that's in, where it was. Uh, no, it's the Design in, Con. Yeah, in Anaheim. It'll be in December this year. That's right. Yeah, I'm tempted um, to do it. I've yeah, got someone. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. If I it's can a, save the pennies. Yeah, it is expensive. It's a cool thing to be there and to. I I don't know how to convey um, because what you're talking about is like having these friendships where you may not even see the person, but then you show Mm. up at uh, designer con and you see everyone and it's like, holy hell, like you start to meet people. And even with this podcast, people walk up and they're like, Hey, this is like, thanks for the show. And I've never met these people in my life. And it's, awesome to be around that's, and that's the, what it's about isn't it yeah so do you go every year to to, to decon i've been the past two years i usually go um i want to go for a weekend but i usually go for a day uh at least and it's just a cool experience you spend i don't know like nine hours which seems like a crazy amount of time but it's like uh, it felt like it was like 1200 different artists like different yeah, that's cool. Arts, uh, and then you spend so much time just down near Dove's booth where all the other resin artists are, and it's um, it's pretty cool to be there and uh, to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I can't describe it. That's is is are you guys kind of separate? Not separate, but you've got your scene. Is it? Are you kind of separate? I just imagine that you guys are like, yeah, this is our. This is our area. No, no, no. I don't know. I just like, yeah, you guys are like the, the cool outcasts, I imagine. Probably. Uh, it's weird. I think, I don't know if it's true, but I think Dove has a hand in getting the resin artists that make these types of toys in one section. Mm. I've heard it called Resin Alley. I call it Resin Alley because there's just a lot of mm. people. Mm. Um, but it, it's not broken up by much. Like, uh, okay yeah last year i was hanging out with um like last bastion toys and all they make is safubi Mm -hmm. or harsh mellows and he just sculpts and so i was like bouncing around yeah Yeah, but when you get in the middle of um where dove is that's i mean because behind dove's booth like he also has people right so dove is behind his booth and he has um Janky Toys and Ian from man, he has a toy thing. I, I'm sorry, Ian, I can't remember your your toys, but he has them like doing stuff for him, and then he'll have like Luke Chu will walk up, or one year Falcon <laughs> Toys was there, and he hasn't been yeah, around yeah, for a while. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It is cool to see all of that happening at once. Yeah, I I, I need to do it. Uh, I I know some British guys are uh, Riker. Yeah, is gone. I think he did. He did something with Dove. Um, yeah, I, uh, I would like to do it for sure. Yeah, there's it's a lot incredible. of people that travel super far. Rico was there. Victor's Vintage was there from Iceland. You have a oh yeah, yeah. You got a lot of people from um, South America, so like Argentina and Mexico from Central America coming up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've noticed there's there's quite a big scene there, a lot of artists from that way. Yeah, it's how close is it to you? Can you drive there? Oh yeah, like a uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half. 
Oh, you jammy bugger. <laughs> <laughs> the one I don't go to um, ever is San Diego Comic-Con because it's in right, – okay. It like I'm right. I'm pretty close to it. I'm like two miles away from the convention center, but it's it's so packed. It's slammed. There's just no reason for me to ever go. Right, right. It's almost too much. Yeah, because it's and it's like more production based or more like of the professional side. That's why Designer Con yeah. is such a yeah. family, and it's so cool to see. Yeah. I, I hope, well, yeah, as I say, I, I went to the UK version. It was the first year that they'd done it. And I think, yeah. to be fair, they, they possibly had some teething problems. I think it was, um, and hopefully that will grow. Um, whether it grows to the size of the US one, I'd be very surprised. But um, yeah, it's it's cool that it's finally made it over here for sure. Yeah, I would love to go to the one in the UK because um, I think that like, it has potential, right? Like there is so many mm-hmm. artists. The scene is growing. There's so many makers yep. out there. Um, that's the yep. the weird part about Designer Con is you think you walk in and you're like, oh, this is going to be people like me. And it is, but it's yeah. makers that are making crazy things. Like there was um, – she – what her name is Allison Bamcat, one of my favorite like artists, but she doesn't necessarily yeah. do figures. She has them made and then sells them, and it's it's rad. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. But they're so sick. But um, as you have uh, uh, like gotten to this point, and you start, do you find that you will stay in the hip hop genre more and more? Or do you feel like that is your niche and where you're going to stay while you make toys? No, definitely not. I think for anyone to, you know, build walls around themselves is probably not a cool idea. Uh, that, 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 but having said that, I would only ever make toys that I'm into. Yeah. I, I wouldn't make toys for the sake of expanding. So, you know, I was really, I'm, I'm really into skateboarding. Um, I work with some artists to, to, to make skateboards and things. And so that's another element that sneaks into it. And um, no, definitely not. I, I've just, people say, oh, you must be running out of ideas now. It's like, no, I've not even, not even touched, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the surface. It's, I originally started doing just mashups, like many people would be like, okay, I'm going to take Star Wars. I'm going to take this rapper. Boom, done. And that's always fun to do, but um, I've started doing more original ideas, you know? I've got a few things coming up, and and some of the commissions are coming up as well. That seems to be a big part. As I said before, as long as I'm into the commission, this still not work for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As in, it doesn't feel like a drag. It's This is ace. I'm still doing what I love and getting paid. Yeah. Um, so no, I I I'm it's not solely hip hop, but it is solely things I'm interested in. If that makes sense. Yeah, which I think is the best way to do art, right? That feels like the perfect mix of, like, loving what you do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And, and as soon as it becomes a grind, you've got to be careful. I I don't want that ever to happen. Yeah. Because this the novelty is still here and it's still the buzz and it's four years down, three years, whatever. And that hasn't gone off or swayed at all. You know, we joke, you've got 30 figures and you've got to paint those figures. Like anything, that can be a bit of a, ugh. I think you said you struggle painting, yeah. don't you? You find it the bane. You know, but 
the end result, if you still, once you've done that, and I bet you look at your figure and you're like, yeah, that, that was, that's cool. That looks ace. And you and you feel good about it. Yeah. That's what it's about, isn't it? But um, I think, I said to you before, I, 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 will, I pretty much collab all the time. So I'm only as good as the people I work with, really, in mm-hmm. some sense. Um, I, I don't know, but I, you, you know better than I. A lot of artists do make all their own cards and mm-hmm. do do their own figures. But um, I don't know if there's... I, was speak, I spoke to Dov about it. I said, oh, I sometimes feel like... I, what was it? I think I said to him once, I opened up, I was like, sometimes I feel a bit imposter. Like, if I have someone um, do the card art or do a 3D print design, you know, it's like, is it... And I think Dr. Man said, do you think Andy Warhol actually went out and screen printed those actual posters? And I was like, no, he didn't. He goes, you're damn right he didn't. And I was like, that's the coolest thing. And, and I was fine by that. I just had a little wobble, you know, like, a, what do they call it? Um imposter syndrome yeah yeah and that was yeah you need, and I, I always remember in Taylor, i was like that's that's cool yeah you know so, in my like uh, on my toy making side i have one that i'm like firmly in love with it's called astron and it like uh, it was a concept that i came up with and had to prototype but then i had someone else 3d sculpt it right i have yes. someone print it for me I paint it. I have someone like as I'm working on the comic book, I have an illustrator and a writer that are working on it. So it, yep. I get what you're feeling because it's like, man, all these people are working. Am I doing anything? Yeah, yeah. This is it. In in a lot of, um, I work with a chap Gabriel who does the 3D sculpts, mm-hmm. and the same thing. I was like, ah, but. No, I think you need to give yourself more credit, man. It's the concept idea was yours, and it—if you're the person pulling it together, yeah—you're as important as one of those elements who. Are, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think I think it also you look at you know if you look at something like Super Seven, I mean I, I don't know, but how many people must be involved in producing that figure? Yeah, it must be loads. Yeah, it must be loads um and, it, and it's the way to go yeah but i wonder if you touch on 3d printing because i'm doing that a lot more now as well because sometimes if you've got a really uh, uh complicated figure it's just not going to work in the mold or or you have to dissect it so many times you end up with five separate molds for example mm. and sometimes it's just easier to get a 3d print i've not seen this yeah. figure of yours you were talking about i want to check it out yeah, it's on my other one on Yucko Toys. Yeah, you know, 3D printing, I I have a love for it. I do like resin mm-hmm. 3D printing. It's yeah, you can have someone design a toy or you can design it and print it and it comes out perfectly with articulation. I think yep. that people yep. it gets shit on a little bit um which i can't imagine why because a toy is a toy is a toy i yeah agreed and so like this is there's a group called uh making the mutant it's run by uh dimension x toys and what he does is he um has this whole thing where he has all these artists from all over the world digitally sculpt Mm. one part of this body and then they put it together yeah it's 
it is insane. And they're getting these uh, Ninja Turtle-esque style figures that are just bonkers. And, yeah, I bet. And they're, they're so good. They're pristine. And I bought a couple – or I bought one of them, and it's like that couldn't have happened without some of the stuff that we needed to do. So I don't know. I love yep. Resident 3D. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think I think uh, sorry, this is Greedo. No, he, oh, that's My great dog. name. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Not many people get the reference. I yeah. mean, your listeners will get the reference, I'm sure. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I I think as time goes on, it's also costs as well. I mean, silicon and re- polyurethane resin is is at a par with printing resin now. Yeah, you know, five years ago it was probably more expensive to print in resin or, or when 3d printers were still doing the um the stem kind of printing you know the ones with the rigid lines yeah yeah but now they're they're crisp resin i think it's i i gonna we're gonna see a lot of toy makers within our scene that are just gonna go straight to 3d printing that will miss the whole casting resin part yeah and i mean think and, about and people the... aren't gonna like it but it's yeah gonna happen. fact think... Think about the money that you might have wasted going into molding and casting. It's a crazy amount of money. I don't, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. And so I I don't I don't waste money if I commission a 3D sculptor to sculpt a toy. Yep. I, yep. I if yep. anything, I make money because it's like I now don't invest time. Once that's done, hey, do me a favor, print 20 of them, and then we're good. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, agree. So, yeah, it's interesting to see where it's all going to go. Yeah, I think about that a lot. Where this is all headed, but hey, that's a that's a discussion for another day for people that are above us. Exactly. That that needs more than an hour. The the pros and cons. Yeah. Casting silicon versus three D printing. Yeah, that's for another day. So I have two last things for you, and then we'll we'll head out of here. Um, when you look oh. over your career what are some of the goals that you have that you want to get to next? What's something that you want to get to fall in like, let's say the next three, four years. Well, uh, as mentioned, I think it would be to do this full time. Yeah. Would be the dream. Okay. But to be honest, even if it's half time, which is almost now I'm, I'm really grateful for. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that would be it to do this full time. Um, the nine-year-old in me would like to say to have a toy release kind of like Phantom Star Killer. You know the way Killer Bootlegs did it? Yeah. Just just have someone to come up and say, yeah, I like what you're doing. We're going to release a – I call it a real toy, but you know what I mean by that. As, yeah. As a, something you could just go to a shop. That would be the dream. Yeah. Those, those, those That's the dream. But Target, do it full-time. Just keep making toys and keep up in my game, particularly the painting. I want, I want, I want to do a batch of fifty figures. I want them to sell out, and I want every single one of those fifty to be crisp painted. That's that's the dream. Possibly your nightmare. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's a great dream. I I love that. Um, As we approach the end of the podcast, my favorite thing of every episode is having the artist plug everything, how they can get to you how they can get you into a collab, all those things. So this last part, just for you. Oh, man. Awesome. Okay, well, Instagram, 
is is the one I go to. That's my main home. Uh, Delicious again, Peter. And then you've got www.deliciousagainpeter.com, which is the website. And I've also got a LinkedIn. Is it Linktree? I mm-hmm. believe it's called. Um, you can get to my website on there. And also you can check out uh, the skateboards uh, from that website Hell as well. Hell yeah, they're so many good. The, thank you. Yeah, many of the skateboards are the artists I've worked with. So, you know, they've done these incredible illustrations for my toys. It's like, this is too good not to just to just be on this toy. Let's make it into a skateboard. So, yeah, if anyone would like to collab, please get in contact because that's that's what I do and that's what I love, uh, especially any illustrators out there. Um, absolutely, would love to. But, um, and also, Matt, I, I want to thank you. It, it's people like you that get up at six in the morning to, to listen to me babble on and talk shit for an hour. Yeah. Just for the scene. I, 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 I've got props to you, man. That's, you know, a lot of people give it the big I am and kind of put it out there. But you are you are putting your mouth where your money is. Hey. Is that right? No. You're putting yeah. your money where your mouth is, and I respect that. It's worth it. It's a love letter to the toy scene. Hey, uh, thank you for coming Thank you on. for having me, man. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Finally, a reason to go back to the office. Introducing 9 to 5 Warriors, an exciting new toy line created for the Toys R Us kid that never grew up. Offering 10 unique characters that are perfect for your cubicle or home office. The 9 to 5 Warriors are available through Big Bad Toy Store. Join the battle alongside Major Eraser and the Water Cooler Commandos as they keep the peace. Or wreak havoc with Colonel Custard and the Break Room Bandits. Choose your side as these two forces clash over total office domination. It every day from nine to five. Warning, do not leave unattended. Each figure sold separately. When you punch out, they come punching in.